This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. NWA 517, do you want to report a UFO? Negative. We don't want want to report. Aries 31, do you wish to report a UFO? Over. Hey, we want to report one of those either. Uh, Aries 31, do you wish to file a report of any kind? Over. I wouldn't know what kind of report to file, sir. Uh, Aries 31, uh, me neither. There are 7-1, pop the golf, good. Yeah, there was anybody uh, above us that passed us like 30 seconds ago. There was 7-1, pop the golf, negative. Okay. Off this. A UFO. Yeah. It's murder 1-1-1. Welcome to UFO Chronicles, a place where people share their experiences of the strange and unexplained. If you've had an encounter and would like to be on the show, you can email me at ufochronicles at gmail.com. Hello and welcome to the show, everybody, wherever in the world you are listening from tonight. I hope you're all doing okay during these very strange times. Tonight's guest coming on the moment is Clint from Queensland, Australia. His experiences started as a five-year-old child, and during the 80s, a craft hovered over his house setting off electronic items. Very vivid dreams of being picked up and taken on board a craft on multiple occasions. For those who listen to the podcast on the Apple platform, if you haven't done so already, please leave a ratings and review as it helps to reach more people and more guests for episodes. After you have done this, email me an address and I will send you out a bumper sticker of the show. And on that note, a big thank you to Northern Lad 69, The Crablet, 
and Parker 1963 for all leaving five stars and glowing reviews. Moving on to our new supporters this week, thank you to David, Frank and Road Dofo for signing up on Patreon. Not only does it keep the lights on, but it helps with new equipment and the weekly running of the show. If you enjoy the show and you would like to help support the podcast on Patreon, you can do this for as little as $1 a month. Head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash UFO Chronicles podcast. You can also find a link in the description of this episode below. Any help is very much appreciated. Now, on with the show. Welcome, Clint, to the show. Hi, Nick. How are you? Really appreciate you coming on today, man. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. And you're calling all the way from Brisbane today. Yes, that's right. Brisbane, Australia. Lovely part of the world. And your experience started around six years old? Yeah, I, I do estimate it to be around six years old. Oh, that's great. Okay, if you'd like to start there for the listeners, please, Clint. Sure. Thank you. Well, um. I'll take a few minutes to start from the beginning where um, I kind of feel it kind of started for me. And that's just um, to explain uh, further from that, to explain just the incident after incident of what I've experienced. Um, I won't go into all of them, but uh, uh, list some of the main ones as looking back on this now, I kind of feel that I've had almost a lifetime of contact, but, um, but there's been some big ones, which um, you know, I'd like to share today. So as a six-year-old, uh, my family and I were living on the central coast in New South Wales. One night, my mother heard uh, all these electrical systems in the house going crazy, uh, just making these static sort of noises. And mainly the fridge um, sounded like it was actually bouncing around, you know, quite violently, almost like my mum told me later on that she was actually worried it was going to bounce through the wall. So she got up uh, being concerned and went to investigate. As she got in the kitchen, uh, she quickly became physically paralyzed. Uh, while standing up and couldn't move. Uh, she said that she heard a whirring, humming-type noise above the house. When she couldn't move, uh, you know, she became very worried about my sister and myself. Uh, my sister was three uh, when I was six. Just under estimated maybe a minute, uh, she was set free. Uh, she could move again, and the noise went away. So she quickly uh, came into our rooms to check on us, and we were, we were totally fine, you know, fast asleep. Surprisingly enough, the next night, a UFO was reported on the news in our area. So there was a, a little bit of confirmation for her at the time uh, what had happened. And later in life, uh, I've discussed this with her. And uh, she told me she felt like she was almost being scanned. Um, and when they were finished, um, that was when she was able to move again. For me, though, at six, this is where you know I started getting visits from who I called my friends. I would have very, what I thought to be vivid dreams about being taken on board a spacecraft and seeing other children my age there. From memory, we were all sitting opposite each other on a bench that kind of just came out of the wall. Uh, it was like a permanent structure, but it was molded. Uh, there's, there's no joints. It was very smooth. With that, you know, my later thoughts on that and, you know, after further research, um, I kind of wonder whether they were actually children or, you know, perhaps even images of beings on that craft to make me feel at ease. You know, it's just a theory, but I used to love going up with them. Um, I remember talking to them. I would whisper into my wrist like I was wearing an invisible wristwatch. And although they never spoke back to me, I just knew inside what nights they were going to come for me. It was like a sense of knowing, um, an innocence, a sense of knowing. I would go tell my mum when this happened and I would say, hey, mum, you know, my friends are going to come pick me up tonight and we're going into space. And mum would laugh and say, okay, Clint, have fun. Um, you know, as the mum would um, with a six-year-old child saying that. But on my behalf, I thought, great, mum's okay with it. Well, I'm going to go up there. Um, I used to also pick them organic carrots, weirdly enough, out of our veggie garden as a gift. And I'd leave that on the shelf above my bed. I don't know why the carrots... Um, but I was very excited just to give them a gift. 
I'm not sure if mum and dad appreciated me digging up their garden though. But um, like I said, they were, I saw them as my friends and, um, and I wanted to gift them, you know, just for their presence there. I do also remember seeing people appear in my room at that same age. And these were of deceased relatives that I'd never actually met. And my mum and dad never believed me. I had people in my room until I explained in detail what they looked like and what clothing they were wearing. And this is when they were actually quite surprised. They would pull a photo out of, say, my grandmother, and the photo would be of her in the exact same dress, uh, the same hairstyle, everything as I explained it, uh, even though I'd never met her and I'd never even seen that photo. So I'm around that same age, my parents divorced, and we were later to move to the Gold Coast in Queensland. By the time we were up there, um, I was around 10 years old. And as a 10-year-old in school, uh, we had a project to do on um, War of the Worlds uh, by R.G. Wells. And as this subject was one of my favorites, uh, I was quickly shocked when the beings were depicted as an enemy in this. And I'd never known this before. They were always my friends. Uh, so this frightened me quite a lot. And at that age, I, mean, I was very afraid just to be alone at night. Um, sometimes I was afraid to go upstairs um, by myself. You know, it really affected me in a bad way. And I feel it was this fear that kept any more contact happening. Um, it kept it all away. And, you know, fear will really block these sort of friendships. So I never really had much else in that field happen for around another 16 years um, until the biggest contact experience of my life was going to happen. This was my first experience being awake with the greys. So I'll go through that one now. As a 26-year-old, it was around, it was 2010, and I was living with two friends on the Gold Coast, as depicted in a sketch uh, that I sent in. One night, I was laying on my back with my left arm hanging off the bed with my palm up. I could feel this levitation-type energy coming out of it. Uh, weirdly enough, you know, it felt very familiar. This is the part that actually woke me up. Once waking up, I quickly realized that I couldn't move. I was absolutely paralyzed. Uh, the air in the room felt thicker. It felt dense. You know, I started to panic. And then I saw them. Two gray beings were physically standing in my room, staring at me. One was directly next to me on the left. And the other was at the corner foot of my bed. And I was absolutely petrified. I tried to yell out to my friends, but I couldn't even open my mouth. Uh, my heart was racing and I was trying to mentally deal with what was happening. Um, I knew straight away they were greys from my own research over the years. But these two, they were both wearing brown hooded cloaks. And it was very dark. Obviously, it was very late at night. But there was enough light to make out their faces. I, I could see their black almond-shaped eyes, two little holes for a nose, and a small mouth. Uh, the rest of the bodies were covered with this brown cloak. Um, you know, it's a very weird sensation. And anyone who has been through this will understand. When you're presented with two advanced foreign beings, who look nothing like a human for the first time, you're, you're seeing something you've never seen before and your body goes into shock. Your brain is trying to rapidly decipher the situation. Your nervous system moves into a fight or flight mode, yet you can't move. Plus, you're at your most vulnerable during the night in the bedroom by yourself and these guys just materialize right in front of you. You know you can't do anything but really wait it out and just hope for the best. Not being able to move for me at that time was very scary. And um, myself, I grew up in my teenage years and early 20s as a competitive fighter, full contact fighter. And later on from that became a competitive bodybuilder. And so for me, physical action was very important. When I'm held down and I can't move, um, it put me into a really sense of panic. You know, in saying this, I don't recall it being a negative experience. The two greys, I felt could see the distress I was in and I don't feel it was their intention. So at this time they disappeared. Uh, they just dematerialized from my room 
And this had lasted for maybe 30 seconds that I can remember, uh, although at the time it obviously felt like a lot longer. After this, I immediately jumped up. My heart was racing and I, I ran over and I turned on the light and there was nothing there, just me. Then I started asking myself, did this really happen? You know, your brain is an amazing machine. If it detects your body is in a lot of stress, it helps you get through it. You know, you might forget things. You might black out. You'll go foggy. In this instance, I started feeling that, you know, it just wasn't real. Uh, my brain wasn't able to tell me that this actually happened, even though I was wide awake during the whole thing. So eventually, after thinking about this for a long time, I turned off the light and laid back down. But I rested myself on my elbow, not fully laying down, facing the left side of my room. I wanted to keep watch where they were for a while just to see if anything happened. I felt being in this position, if they do happen to reappear or something, or if something still moves around, um, I'm in a more active spot where I can move and do something. I wanted to keep watch for a while. After around 10 to 12 minutes um, of wondering if this really happened, I did decide to fully lay down. And this is what showed me it wasn't a dream at all. As I lowered myself, my head touched the pillow and instantly, and I mean, the split second my head touched that pillow, I was instantly paralyzed again. And boom, the two greys just materialized in the exact same spot they were. I had absolutely no time to fall asleep. I was wide awake and they were standing there staring at me again. Knowing that this was happening for real, I was very frightened again. And this time it felt for a shorter period of time. I'm standing there, nothing happening, but them just standing there and staring at me. And then they disappeared again. This time it was for good. They didn't return. And this incident uh, has stayed with me ever since. Um, you know, I can feel my heart rate moving up a little, somewhat, even just uh, recalling this in more detail. Um, at that time, I had to sleep with the light on for weeks um, after that. You know, it took me a long time to come to terms about it. And most people think you're crazy if you tell them. Um, so I've always kept it to myself, apart from some close friends who might be in that type of circle. Um, I've never known if anything else happened during that incident. That's only what I remember. But sometimes I consider a regression or hypnotherapy. Uh, what stops me is the thought of, A, finding someone that I can trust, but B, what if more did happen? Then I have more memories, you know, I'm forced to, do, to deal with. And, you know, I don't quite understand how the hypnotherapy works, um, but I would imagine you're unlocking new memories. Um, but, you know, if I did go through that, um, I document all these different sort of experiences I have, and there would be something that um, I would share, I'd say, around four years after this. Um, I didn't have really any contact uh, in between that time. I think, again, when that fear sets in, you know, it really blocks out um, anything else happening. And as I said, after four years, I had an out-of-body experience um, on a craft with the greys. Uh, this is the other sketch that I sent in. It was actually a really happy experience. And for anyone else who experienced an OBE, um, it feels so real. Um, you feel like you're absolutely there and it's happening. So with this incident, I was actually on a craft with other humans, mainly women from what I can remember. Uh, we're all sitting on one side of the craft uh, on the same type of seat as what I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, it just forms out of the walls. There's no right angles. There's no sharp angles. It's all very smooth. And on the other side of the room, from what I recall, was a tall grey possibly two. And when I say tall, I mean around six foot tall. They were just watching on, uh, not saying anything, but very deliberately there. Uh, they were overseeing everything that was happening. And I could also see a passageway in between us. It was very dark, that passageway. It was curved. Again, there's no really sharp angles in this room, but I think it was dark because they didn't want us to really go down there or see what was down there and it curved off in a different direction anyway 
So the main part which really surprised me, A, not only to be on a craft with greys, but B, next to me was a hybrid baby. And I was interacting with him. You know, I've, I've read a lot about and seen on YouTube a lot of different things about uh, this sort of thing. And for me to have an out-of-body experience uh, with this, um, you know, I was quite surprised. And he looked to be only around six to ten months old. He had short brown hair and looked exactly like a human baby, only he had enlarged eyes, uh, almost almond shape, but a bit smaller than what the greys are, the typical black grey almond eye. Plus, they looked like ours with a white outer uh, with a brilliant blue colour, a perfect blue colour in the middle and, um, and a pupil. Um, he was wearing a dark blue long sleeve onesie, which babies wear, um, which kind of looked woolen in material. So this experience continued on. And from what I remember, I looked at the woman who was sitting next to him and she looked to be early to mid twenties, long brown hair. I remember some of what she was wearing, like she had a slim build, blue jeans, and I think a green tight sort of shirt on. And I spoke to her on the craft and I said to her, Hey lady, you know, your baby is a hybrid, right? And she stared back at me with this kind of a confused and very concerned look on her face. Um, she seemed pretty worried. Um, the other humans who were sitting past her or the other side of her um, seemed to be quietly talking amongst each other. And I remember seeing another hybrid baby there. So next, I looked down at this hybrid baby that's sitting between myself and this lady. And I started interacting and playing with him. And he was laughing um, as I was saying to him, in a baby type of voice, as you do, I was saying, I know who you are. Yes, I do. Meaning I knew he was a hybrid and he thought it was hilarious. We were both laughing and it was a really positive experience for me. Shortly after that scene, that memory, um, I can't remember anything more about that experience. And, and as I mentioned, I have read up quite a bit on possible hybridization programs you know, I'm not too sure of them, but, you know, it makes me wonder if that is actually happening, that if I am a part of that after this experience, I have had other OBEs with a hybrid child again, um, myself and a child. And these were quite emotional, more emotional than I've experienced consciously here as well. As I said, you know, it feels so real. Your emotions there are heightened almost. But, you know, there's a lot more into that. And, you know, I can explain that maybe another time. But I'll move on uh, for now as around this same time, um, I knew I needed to talk to people. I knew I needed to find out more. And there's only so much you can do on the Internet. So I started going to uh, the UFO research group in Queensland, Brisbane. And I met some amazing people there, um, including even like Dr. Stephen Greer, and made some amazing friends who introduced me to CE5 contact nights, which are human-initiated peaceful contact, which was created by Dr. Greer. And I've been on two of them so far, where both times um, I saw numerous UFOs flying over us. And just this once, one time, I had an amazing photo of two tall beings in the bushes. That night, uh, there was about 15 of us there that night, and these beings were hiding in the outer edge of a large circle of trees and bushes we were in. We were in the middle there. And the way it works is that you go into a meditative state and you follow certain protocols uh, to invite positive, peaceful contacts you know, from other civilizations. And um, other people uh, did tell me that night that they received messages from these beings and my friend who I was with, she said to me the message she received was them saying that we're not ready. Uh, we're not ready for them to show us themselves that night. But on that particular night, I didn't get any other uh, messages like that. But I could tell where they were as I could see them looking at me, but in my mind, 
it was as if like I could see out of their eyes and I can remember it now. Like I was watching myself almost walk back and forth this same area of trees and bushes. And so I decided at that time to take a photo. It's just off intuition, if you will. And in that photo, it was very clear to see two sets of eyes, which were either reflecting the flash or maybe glowing. And these eyes were in the photo, bright yellow, but they were absolutely the typical almond-shaped eyes and they were at least six foot tall, maybe even six and a half or seven foot sort of thing. And this part it will sound a bit conspiracy theory, but I had three copies of this photo. I had one on my computer, one on my external hard drive, plus another one on my mobile phone. And I went to go find these and all three have disappeared. And I have no idea how, um, you know, tell me how that happens uh, to have three photos on three different devices and they go, you know, whether they were hacked or what, but it seems a bit odd, as I said, that three copies would disappear, but leave me with 20 other photos from that exact same night. You know, it's, it's so disappointing to lose a photo like that because those things obviously don't happen often and everyone wants to see the real photo and you know, I had one, um, but I do have photos of orbs. I do have a photo of a triangular craft that flew over my house, but this one was really special. Um, no matter where I look, you know, I just can't find it. I still try in vain, but, um, you know, it's just not there. Moving on, you know, my next few experiences were more conscious ones while I was wide awake again. Uh, but this time, it was with a different being that I'd never seen before. This was different from the last time. I wasn't so restricted in my encounter. Plus, for the first time for me, there was two-way interactions. So this is what happened during that encounter. I had moved to a different apartment in Brisbane. I was living by myself. And recently, prior to that, I'd also done a lot of meditations um, by that point, a lot more research. and. You know, to be honest, I was really trying to invite this into my life. You know, I wanted this. Um, so one night I was asleep. I was laying on my back with my right side to the entrance to my bedroom. And I heard this loud noise, which woke me up. It was like this swooshing noise somebody makes when their legs are rubbing together while they walk. Only this was very loud and it almost had a static type sort of noise to it. So I was awake. It woke me up. And like the last time, I felt my body was paralyzed while I was awake. Living by myself for so long at that point, it really didn't take much to wake me up. So I was woke. I couldn't move, but it wasn't as strong as my first encounter. And I could move my head. So I turned it to the right towards the door only to see this short brown being just casually waddling past me. He had a very thick lower body with a larger sort of behind. And it's a not the best analogy maybe, but, you know, if you've seen that cartoon American Dad, uh, the alien off that, um, Roger, his legs and lower half really looked quite the same as that, um, but not the rest, um, just his legs from what I remember. What made this being different was that he had more of a cone-shaped head, and I'd never seen any depiction of this sort of species ever, um, not on the internet, not anywhere, in any books. Um, he did have smaller round eyes, very small features on his face, with really more of just a smaller upper body in total. So this being is just casually strolling past, making this loud static noise, and then he climbs up on the side of my bed. Uh, climbing up, that part didn't seem to make any noise. But next, he peers over the top of me, of my body, to my face, has a quick look, very quick, gets down off the bed and just waddles his way back out. And I was scared at the shock of it. You know, this happened very quick. Um, the whole incident, maybe 15, 20 seconds Plus, being a creature that, you know, I'd never seen before. Plus, again, during the night, by myself, 
at my most vulnerable. Although this was happening, um, I was wide awake. I was so awake through this. So I tried my best to calm myself down and with very quick thought to try to take some advantage of actually having an ET there and attempted to communicate with him. I was able just to murmur a very faint hello a couple of times, loud enough that he could have heard it, but there was no response. Um, He was almost out of my bedroom by now. And from what I've learned um, in the past, even prior to that, you know, as I mentioned, if you do have fear, it will block any kind of communications or interactions. So I really tried to calm myself more um, as much as you can in this sort of situation anyway. And just in my mind, uh, you know, telepathically, um, I said hello a couple of times. Even still, there was no response and he walked out. As soon as he was out of my room, I could move. So I got up, I rushed to the door, my bedroom door, and expecting him to to see him there. You know, I was even a bit scared that he would still be there, but he had gone. Um, The noise that he made when he was walking, that had also stopped and gone. Even though a simple, short, positive experience, you know, I was still a bit frightened at the fact that beings can just materialize in your house at their leisure. Again, I ended up keeping the lights on for a couple of weeks after that. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. The next day, you know, I was really thinking about it. And I mean, I couldn't get my mind off it. Um, I needed clarification to try and help me, you know, figure this through my mind. So I contacted a friend of mine, uh, Judy Carroll, who lives in Australia. And she's very knowledgeable in this subject and, you know, very kind to give me her hypothesis and thoughts on this. And what she gathered from this exact same sort of story you know, a theory was that the being could have been young. Um, he could have been sent down from his elders to visit a human, to build confidence, uh, to build a sort of friendship. And hearing that sort of positive tone on it, um, I was a bit relieved in that matter. And I thought, you know, it would be pretty cool to be friends with him. Um, plus maybe, you know, because I believe that I've had experiences before this, maybe they knew that. Maybe it was a more safe-ish kind of situation, you know, and I am open to these sort of situations. The static noise that I heard, we surmise, could have been that, you know, if he's 
if he is from if he is an ET from a different planet, um, from a different frequency, and coming down to Earth, which has a denser vibration, so him moving in this energy caused a rift in that frequency because everything is energy and it vibrates at a specific frequency. That's the science. But little did I know he would further visit me another two times within the next 12 months. What would be different next time is that he spoke back. So this next time, this is my second time with him, I had moved back down to the Gold Coast again. When the incident occurred, he made that exact same noise while walking into my room, um, which woke me immediately as I recognized it. I was wide awake um, and I saw him coming towards me. This time in my bedroom, the door was um, kind of at the left corner of the foot of my bed and I was laying on the left side. So I could see him coming, you know, just straight towards me and I was slightly frozen from movement, but not completely. This time he stopped next to the bed. He didn't climb up. And in this very loud, almost robotic type voice said, hello, back to me. It was very sharp. As I said, this is robotic. That's the only way I can really explain it. And it really startled me. Um, I wasn't expecting it, obviously. And it it was so loud um, as well. Then, just like last time, he casually strolls back out. I was a bit frightened at first, as you would be, but I felt a little more at ease this time. And I tried to communicate a lot more. Again, in my mind, I was speaking in my mind telepathically as I felt this seemed to work last time, being that he did respond to my hello. So this time I quickly asked questions as, again, this experience was maybe a total of 15, 20 seconds again. So quickly I was asking things like, now, who are you? Why me? Why are you visiting me? And I repeated them a few times. Also, I asked him to be a bit quieter uh, when he talks to me next because I said it was really loud um, <laughs> and it did frighten me. But last, exactly like last time, he didn't answer any of them. This time, I didn't bother getting up to turn on the lights. Uh, instead, I just wanted to think further about why he is visiting me. And accept that, you know, it's a special event to have a fully awake contact experience, let alone as many as I had by this stage. You know, I never really got any more answers about that experience, but he did visit me a third and final time only a few months later. So like every other time um, I was in that same house, I heard that swooshing noise as he entered my room. Exactly like last time, it's loud enough to wake me up, and I'm really not the deepest of sleepers anymore. This time, he climbed straight up onto my bed a lot quicker than last time, and he peered just straight on top of me, like he was standing on my stomach, which didn't hurt or anything, but he was just so small, like maybe three foot in total, but he needed to do that to be able to peer straight down into my face. and. I was obviously startled, Um, you know, from the time I first heard that noise and woke up, it was a total of maybe five seconds until he's in my face. And I managed to get out a hello. And then he started talking very quickly, uh, almost with, you know, a sense of urgency um, in that same robotic type of voice. He'd done what I asked and he wasn't very loud. Unfortunately for me, it was during a very loud thunderstorm coupled with him being a bit quieter for me then I couldn't hear what he said um I was very disappointed as he said quite a lot you know I feel he was maybe talking for you know eight to ten seconds and at that speed you know it's this information that I really would have liked to retained but um but I said that's the last time that he ever visited me and it was also the last time I've had a conscious visit Uh, ever since. Since then, I have continued to have numerous out-of-body experiences. I have seen quite a lot of different craft around in the skies at different times, but three of the most outstanding OBEs for me, uh, two of those were with the tall whites. I hadn't had any experiences with this species before. With this first one, um, again, it's so real that 
I was taken on board a craft. So I obviously went to sleep. I had this out-of-body experience, and it starts as me lifting up from the ground, which was just so realistic that you know it felt like I was awake. But I remember laying down flat on my back on this metal board, which picked me up from the ground, and it molded to my back. Um, it was comfortable, um, although a hard type of material. Um, as I was raised into the craft, I remember seeing the same shape hole that I was to go through as the same shape as this board, which picked me up. And as I entered the craft, it turned vertical. So I was actually standing upright. And this was all, it felt very comfortable uh, doing this. Next, I'm standing in there. And I remember being greeted by two tall whites. And this is when the nerves really sunk in. I said to myself, this is actually happening. I'm on a craft with the white beings. I'm here. I need to calm down and deal with this. Uh, you know, the reality of that was really sinking in. And it's the same feeling I get with any experience. It's, it's like you know it's happening. You know it's going to happen. Um, at the start of some um, OBEs, you know, just get this sort of feeling that you know and you decide to go with it. But it's this mixture of nerves, fear, adrenaline. Um, you can't mistake it. It's almost nauseating the feeling. And I'm standing on there and there was just so many whites, tall whites on board. And most of them were staring at me and they looked rather angry. But I think it's just the facial features which depict that, like their, their physical structure. Uh, you know, I didn't feel they were negative at all, but I was quite taken back um, by their appearance, you know, as you would be. Um, I do remember seeing molded control panels in very large corridor, which led off in the distance. This large room I was in seemed to be a large control type center, which was lit up very brightly, but there were no visible lights. Um, again, it was all smooth, very rounded, no sharp edges. The whole thing's almost like an oval sort of shape. You know, I remember after that just from looking around, um, as I said, there's so many beings. I see these control panels. There's a corridor going off, which goes dark because I can't see where it's going. I take a few more steps in, and that was it. Um, I black out. I can't remember anything after that. So I had another out-of-body experience with another tall white, and this next experience was amazing. And it was with a tall white named Zomi, and that's spelled X-O. Am I? Uh, during this OBE, which was actually just last year, again, it's, you know, fall asleep. You feel that you wake up, but you're in a place that you know that you're not in. So I saw her walking around this rock pool, you know, maybe about 20, 25 meters away from me when she spotted me. Uh, she was walking along and then she looked to the left and spotted me. I was initially quite afraid as she started walking towards me. And, you know, when she saw me, you know, we had that eye contact and she starts to approach me and that feeling, which I said before, you know, that came back to me again. And anyone who has had any kind of contact, you know, whether it is OBEs, whether it's seeing a craft or if you've actually had, you know, a physical conscious sort of uh, experience, you know that feeling, it's unmistakable. So Zomi was very tall, you know, at least seven foot tall, uh, very lean, almost bony. Um, she had no hair, just this thin white body. And I asked her what her name was and she didn't speak to me, but in my head, it came up in letters. I, I saw it spelt out for me. But the next thing I remember was that we were both hugging each other and just crying in happiness and i just kept on saying to her thank you thank you so much i can't believe we're friends thank you uh, it was such a joyous experience and as i mentioned with you know your emotions um during this sometimes they're heightened um but it was just this pure bliss happiness and i just couldn't believe my luck you know 
the happiness of meeting her and uh, being able to have be, have a friendship with her. So the last one I had was very recent, only about a month ago. I was asleep next to my fiance in Brisbane. I'm asleep, you know, it's very late at night. Um, this time it was probably actually quite early in the morning as I work at nights and I would estimate this to have been around 3 a.m. I felt these feet step on the bed in between my feet. I was laying on my stomach and at first I thought it was one of our cats and it woke me up. You know, I'm a light sleeper and I'm thinking, uh, you know, this silly cat has come and annoyed me. I know I need to get him out of the room. Then I remembered the door had been closed the whole time and this felt heavy like human feet. You know, this wasn't a light little animal. So I opened up my eyes and I went to turn around when I heard this soft voice say to me, it's okay, don't turn around, it's all okay. I laid back down. It sounded audible because I wondered if my fiance heard it. Um, She did not wake up. So I feel maybe it was a telepathic type of message. And I immediately felt at ease. And if anything, you know, I was actually a bit excited thinking I'm having another ET visitor. You know, I was a little nervous, but from what I can remember, it it all started very quickly from first feeling those feet from waking to laying back down. It was a matter of seconds. Then I felt my body go to sleep and I left my body and I was floating around the bedroom. I remember looking down onto the bed and seeing my body, seeing my fiance, uh, seeing the exact setup of our bedroom. This being with me uh, was named Oni, which is spelled O-N-E-Y. And he looked like a young human boy. Um, Again, you know, I remember asking him his name, but that time he didn't um, speak to me. But again, I, I saw it written out in front of me. And that's how I knew how to spell it. But even though the image of a young human boy, somehow inside, I knew this was just an image. I felt that he was actually a small gray, but had chosen this image so I wasn't scared. I asked him to show me his true form throughout this. And I remember seeing him contemplate this. He thought about it and he changed a little. His right arm turned gray. So it was confirmed for me, you know, that he was a gray. Um, I could see it take that exact image. Uh, Immediately immediately as this was happening, you know, I started feeling nervous. Um, I could feel my heart rate going up a bit. And so he chose to stay in a human form as I'm obviously not ready for that. You know, I feel that he didn't want to frighten me. And again, being in a human form is a lot easier for a human to accept mentally a couple of my favorite memories is I was floating upside down uh, while he was sitting on the floor in the room and he was laughing at me floating around. Uh, we had some conversations. Um, unfortunately, I can't remember majority of them. This is flashes sort of thing. What I remember, what I do clearly remember was he read me telepathically while I was in the middle of asking him who I truly was, as in, Where is my consciousness from? And to my surprise, he spoke back and told me what he said to me in a normal human sort of voice. He told me that I'm from Alpha Centauri, which is a relatively close neighbor to Earth, you know, just over 4.3 light years away. Um, And during this, you know, I was so amazed at hearing this. Um, You know, I've heard so many stories of people saying, where they're from, you know, where their consciousness is from. And you hear them saying, you know, I'm, I'm from Pallades, I'm from Orion. And, you know, I'd always had that inner wondering to myself, like, am I from here? Have I had past lives? Um, you know, is this just a one life deal or, or do we go through multiple lives? So this was awesome to hear this. During this experience, he then handed me a gold medallion which was connected to a thin gold necklace. It was circular in shape and it had some hieroglyphics on it, which looked very similar to the Egyptian images of cats. From memory, there was, you know, four to five of them engraved on this. 
And he told me this is the seventh symbol from Alpha Centauri. So I have no idea what any of this meant, but, you know, on the positive, it has sent me on a further path to study more about Alpha Centauri and that binary star system. And on top of that, I have actually previously traveled to Egypt. Uh, I've seen a lot of hieroglyphics. I'm interested to see is any kind of links to this pendant. So, um, you know, this is just um, a few of my experiences. As I said, things happen all the time, sometimes decades apart, years apart, sometimes months apart. It feels like things don't happen very often like this for me. In total, it does feel like a lot of experiences. Um, you know, as I said, these things happen at random times. It was actually just um, a fortnight ago I saw two UFOs up in central Queensland. Uh, while I was there, my fiancé and I were there on the beach at night um, during a tour of a natural turtle habitat with the local rangers. Perfectly clear night. There's so many stars and no light is allowed in that region being a natural habitat so you can see so much more. And sure enough, um, I saw two bright lights flowing through the sky and then the first one flashed at me and disappeared about... Five seconds later, the second one flash, and it was gone. They're like big light bulbs going off. And, um, and I just smiled to myself, you know, and I thanked the universe for this. And, um, you know, I really believe, my personal belief is there is life out there. And, you know, I feel disclosure will be up to us, the local people of this planet. I feel our governments will never really come out with this sort of information and, you know, we have the ability to incorporate this, you know, into your life, invite it if you, you know, if you want to. When people are uh, skeptical to me about this and with some of these stories, you know, I don't blame them, but I can only explain them with my whole heart. You know, this is what actually happened to me. And one way of just opening someone's mind, which I do is ask them just to jump on YouTube and watch one of those videos that show our planet. And then it zooms out to our solar system. And then it zooms out to our Milky Way. Uh, you know, and it zooms out a million light years. And you see billions of Milky Ways, billions of galaxies, and within that, billions of planets. You know, and you tell me then that we are the only one with life. Seriously, you know, I don't think it, it takes a skeptic to figure that out that you can't be the only organic planet in just these billions of star systems and you know i would like everyone to know and people who i do speak to about this uh, when they're open for that to know that it's okay to have this sort of contact and it's okay to make your own sort of contact you know these civilizations they're peaceful you know they want to be our friends you can open up your mind open up your heart remove fear remove xenophobia and a whole universe can open up back to you. That's what I'd share at this part. And um, just would like to say thank you to Nick for letting me express this to everyone. Exciting to be able to say this on a more public forum. And this is the first time I've ever done something like this, um, apart from talk to individuals. So um, I was excited. And, you know, I feel really good about this. So, you know, thanks again for allowing me to do this. Exactly what you're saying. You know, it's, it's crazier for people to to think we are alone than to actually believe in aliens, you know? Yeah, that's right. And I think a lot of people do believe in that fact that even the, there has to be another organic life form out there somewhere. You know, I think the part where some people may have trouble in is whether we are being visited or not. But I think, you know, as a whole, people are a lot more open-minded, you know, as time goes on. And... You know, and if this is really all the case, you know, I hope one day that it does come out properly and um, we can have really um, interstellar friendships. I think that'd be pretty cool. The more, you know, these sort of stories do come out, I feel it gives other people the confidence to talk this, you know, if it sparks a conversation, you know, that's a positive thing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, just about every guest I've had has been keyed to come on because I've listened to another guest. Great. Yeah. Yeah, it is really good. And some of the stories that, they can be hard to swallow. I didn't, with mine, like I didn't really want to pepper around the subject. I just wanted to say, you know, these different sort of incidences that I feel have happened. And um, yeah, and it kind of feels hit after hit, you know, of information. 
but um but maybe you know there might be someone who can relate um you know you never know i guess i said even a fortnight ago when i saw the two lights in the sky um i don't know if anyone saw i was with a group of people all on this nature tour i saw it i was probably looking up a lot more than other people were and even that it's just a you know, it's just something that made me smile sort of thing. And I wouldn't have told anyone about that really if I wasn't talking to you right now, you know. When was this? That was, see if anyone else is. A fortnight ago in central Queensland, um, which was the suburb Bundaberg. And I think I remember, I can estimate the time, it was probably after 8 p.m. between, maybe even between quarter to 8 to 8.30 p.m., yeah, it was a beautiful, clear night, and I couldn't get my eyes off it. 15th. 15th. It was the Saturday, Saturday, the 15th of February, yeah. And I was in the Bundaberg area. Yeah, yeah, Bundaberg, Queensland. As far as the C5s going, are you, are you still continuing continuing to do that now? I haven't done one for a while because um, I've taken a new role on at work where um, I actually run an afternoon shift, so I don't finish work at a bare minimum, maybe about quarter or 11 at night. Um, so I do miss out on some of these. Um, if it happens on a Friday night, you know, I, I can't go to that. Um, so I've just done the two. Um, I would love to do more. There are a couple of people in southeast Queensland who run them, and, um, and they're really amazing people. They follow these same protocols, which um, Dr. Greer um, has been given to the public. And... Um, and as I said, it's just going into a peaceful meditative state. Um, you know, you invite uh, these sort of um, experiences to happen. And, you know, nothing might happen at all, but more times than not, you know, you get a couple little things, a couple of sightings in the sky. Um, but they're really brilliant. Um, I think they bring people together, like-minded people together. And um, as soon as I have a time, I absolutely want to continue doing these. And of course, I mean, you don't always need to do it in a group. You can always just go outside in your garden at night, take a deck chair out, a blanket. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I do, because I finish quite late at nights, um, when I come home, um, you know, I'll clean up. And um, and sometimes I do go out the back and, um, and have a look. Um, unfortunately, there is quite a bit of light pollution where I live at the moment. But you still get, you know, on a clear night, you can still see quite a lot. And, um, yeah, and at night, so far... I haven't seen anything at night, but during the day, funnily enough, I saw a triangle craft um, fly over my house, and I do have photos of that on my phone. Um, and that was pretty cool, I thought. And that was just—I um, was actually going to the gym, and I kind of stopped and just had this feeling to look up, and I was still very at peace and calm, just looking up into the sky. Um, if I didn't have to work, you know, I'd do that as my full-time job, <laughs> but. Um, and I just saw it and I felt to take a photo and I guarantee you this was just off, an, um, just off the feeling and I took a photo of the sky and when I later zoomed in on it, um, I could see a black triangle craft, um, very high altitude, um, cruising past. And I thought it might have been an insect or something like that and I posted it on a Facebook page um, for UFO followers and um, just to get their opinion on it, and, and everyone actually seemed to think uh, in agreement of me um, that I captured a craft. And that was probably late last year uh, over South Brisbane. So, yeah, it can really happen anytime, and you can go out by yourself and just have peaceful thoughts. You know, as I said, when I go out, I try to quiet my mind, um, as I would if you were going to meditate, but just stop thinking of the noise and think of the space around you and just be open like I clear my head and just be open to anything to what might happen and um and sometimes you might see a bit of a flash in the sky um, a bit of a hello here and there um but even without that it's you know it's a very peaceful sort of feeling just having that clear mind and looking at and being open um you know to different experiences well that's excellent Clint. i really appreciate you coming on today and sharing um sharing your encounters with us yeah, thanks so much. Um, I really appreciate uh, you having me on. I really do. That's all we have time for today. If you've had an encounter and would like to come on the show, you can email me at ufochronicles at gmail.com. I will be back next week. Stay safe and keep watching the skies. 